Hey everybody, and welcome to another season of the Feminization Boudoir Podcast from Candy Apple Press. I am your host, Kylie Gable, and it is good to be back. But let me tell you something, uh, that month off, whether we're talking November or May, is so refreshing. It's just, it's wonderful not to have to worry about something, you know, for a month. But I also love this podcast, and we've got three great episodes in a row. Uh, This week we're going to be doing... um, Miss Jen Davis with an April story, um, April's Homecoming Queen. And then next week we have um, Mistress DJ, who's doing my Hallmark special from last year, which was called The Christmas Inn. And next week my uh, Hallmark special from this uh, Christmas is coming out, and that one's called The Picture of Christmas. It's me imagining what Hallmark would do with forced feminization at Christmas time. And then the week after that, it's going to be uh, Shayla with uh, the second part of the uh, Sam stories. So we got a lot of really good ones coming out. I'm going to give a little bit of a setup for, for this particular story, and then we'll have at it. So April, April Blackwell, started with a book called April's Fool. And I had actually written a bunch of, like, 1,500-word scripts for somebody to read as audios before I was doing audios myself. And eventually I turned those audios into books, 6,000-word books. They usually revolve around a holiday or an event, like graduation or something. And there's a bunch of these April stories now. I try to always have Miss Jen read them. And April is a real bully. And she picks on this poor Paul all through high school. This is what happens when they go away to college. And then they reconnect in adulthood, and she does it again. So if you like this story, I would really recommend checking out some of the other April's Fool stories that we have. Um, I even have a collection of them that are together at a money-saving price. But in this particular story, Paul goes away to college and thinks he's free of April, and she has other ideas. It's April's Homecoming Queen, written by myself and Claudia Costa, and narrated by Miss Jen Davis. When Paul finally made it back to his dorm room, he was feeling a bit better. The pleasant conversation with Lauren helped ease the pain of his rejection by Haley. However, things were about to go completely off the rails. As he went to open the lock, he noticed a simple picture of himself in a blue and white sundress taken at the park during the summer before senior year. Panic set in. Paul had no idea where it came from, and truth be told, he was cute enough that it didn't even attract too much attention. Maybe some guys thought it was a girlfriend. That would only help his reputation. But the point was, somebody knew about his past, and it was going to catch up to his present if he didn't do something fast. Paul entered the room and found Jeff talking to a couple of girls. Hey, roomie, this is Carrie and Angela. Ladies, this is my roommate, Paul. Hi, Paul, it's nice to meet you, said Carrie. She was a very tall girl who towered over him. She had to be pushing six feet tall, and she wore her blonde hair in a braid. She was cute, but Paul was instantly intimidated by her. She's cute, said Angela, noticing the picture he was holding. Who is she? Just a friend, replied Paul quickly. 
he was instantly attracted to the dark-haired girl, whose brown eyes seemed to flash when she talked to him. Paul has a lot of cute friends, said Jeff, taking up the wingman role. I bet he does, said Carrie. Girls always go for the stylish guys. Stylish? asked Jeff. Yeah, he's wearing the same jeans I am, although in a smaller size. That's fashion forward. Girls always go for that, said Carrie. Oh, wow, you are wearing the same jeans, said Angela. I just find they fit me better, said Paul nervously. You are kind of a little guy, said Carrie. I guess that makes sense. You make him sound immature, said Jeff. I didn't mean any offense, but I guarantee I could press him for ten reps. Everybody laughed at that comment except Paul. Carrie quickly apologized for her insensitive remark, and everybody went back to making small talk. Paul tried to forget about the picture, but of course it wasn't entirely up to him. He soon discovered that his deepest, darkest secret had indeed followed him to college, but he had no idea how. Over the next week and a half or so, he never went more than a day or two without being surprised by another sexy picture of him all dressed up. He never knew where he'd find them. In the bookstore, in the cafeteria, in class. Somebody even managed to secret one away inside the library book that he had checked out for one of his classes. He was on edge with paranoia. As he walked into the dormitory, Paul hadn't even checked his mailbox yet when he heard Lauren's cheerful voice call out from behind the front desk. Hey, Paul, it finally came. My package? Yeah, it's a big one. I ordered a lot of clothes. It's about time. Here you go, she said, hoisting it up to him. Please sign the ledger that you got it. Paul quickly scrawled his name, thanked Lauren, and carried the box back to his room. He could hear laughter inside the room, and, stepping through the door, he saw that his roommate had Carrie and Angela back in the room. Hey, everybody, he sang as he stepped through the door and plopped down on his bed with the box next to him. What do you have there? asked Jeff. My clothes finally came. Wow, I hadn't thought about it, but it has been a long time, he said. Well, let's see, said Carrie. I told you I love your fashion sense. You might not like this, then. They're normal clothes, like a normal college guy would wear, said Paul. Paul used his keys to cut through the tape, but as he opened the box, he could see something was wrong. He practically threw the box across the room. Well, show us, said Carrie. It's just clothes, replied Paul. I'll look at them later. Angela picked up the box and saw that it was full of dresses. Her eyes grew wide as she pulled out a black sequined halter dress. Oh my goodness, I love it. That wouldn't even be boring clothes for me. These are anything but boring, said Angela, digging through the box. There's shoes and lingerie in here, too. I've got to see, said Carrie. Hey, don't worry. It's not like any of your tiny stuff would fit me anyway, taunted Carrie. You've got good taste, said Angela. Some nice makeup in here. Do you want me to show you how to put it on? I already know, said Paul. What's going on, dude? asked Jeff. 
It's April. Ah, that makes sense, said Jeff. I didn't think she'd stop at prom. Who is April? asked Angela. April's the girl who made his life hell all throughout school, replied Jeff. Hell? That's kind of strong, said Carrie. It fits. He had to go to prom as a girl. No way, exclaimed Angela. It's true, replied Paul. Graduation, too. In fact, I had to work as a waitress this summer, and she kept all the money. I don't believe you, said Carrie. Nice try. See for yourself, said Paul, handing her a picture that had been taped by the mailboxes of him dancing with another guy at a community center dance. What are we looking at? asked Angela, crowding in with her friend to look at the picture. That guy is not you. No, the girl in the purple dresses, confessed Paul. It is you, gasped Carrie. No way, exclaimed Angela. Look closer, it's him, said Carrie. Wh- why would you do that, asked Angela. She never gave me a choice. With her, it's always about manipulation and blackmail, complained Paul. You should go to the police, said Angela. What would he tell them? A girl was making him pretty? The cops would get right on it, said Jeff. There's got to be something you can do, said Carrie. The next few hours were spent with Paul telling them all the humiliating things that April had done to him. Even Jeff was unaware of the vast majority of them and was shocked to learn just how total her control had been. Paul had to admit that getting all of this off his shoulders felt great. The next day, when Paul returned from class, another picture of him in April's old cheerleading uniform was at the door, but underneath was an envelope with instructions. The note instructed Paul that if he didn't want his pictures all over campus, he would have to wear a bra, panties, and stockings, or pantyhose, to class. On weekends, he'd be expected to be fully dressed and made up for at least 16 hours, and he'd be expected to sleep in a nighty. There was a warning that if he disobeyed, the person who wrote the note would know. Of course, he knew that the note came from April, but he also knew that she would have no way of knowing if he obeyed her instructions. So he was naturally shocked when the next note arrived only two days later. This note had new demands. The note informed Paul it was his own fault for trying to cheat her and reminded Paul that she'd told him she would always know. This time, she was going to punish him by insisting he spend a day fully dressed and made up. Not only that, but she wanted him to walk around campus and do selfies in front of the buildings, statues, and places of interest. It was harder to do a video feed back then, so she'd need lots of pictures for proof. April had given up all pretense of hiding her identity. It was clearly her. The outfit was left up to Paul, but that was little consolation. This was a game that April absolutely loved to play. By leaving the choice up to him, she could tease him for choosing to wear an extremely girly outfit. However, if Paul's choice wasn't suitably feminine or sexy, he would be punished by being forced to redo the assignment, probably in a tight mini-dress and stilettos. It was a constant battle to satisfy April while also maintaining what little dignity he had left. 
The next day, Paul waited for Jeff to leave before running a hot bath and shaving off his body hair. He'd only had it for less than a month now, but Paul loved the feeling of having hair on his legs and chest like a man again. It was a cruel blow to have to take it right back off. Stepping out of the shower, Paul put on a hot pink off-the-shower button-down dress. It was one of the new ones that apparently he had purchased when his original clothing order was mysteriously returned. The dress buttoned down the front, which allowed Paul to give a very good view of his legs by leaving the bottom buttons undone, but at the same time wouldn't look as bad to people without a front view. He put on nude hose and a hot pink bra and panties that were also brand new. Finally, he topped off his ensemble by adding a pair of hot pink pumps. As he went over to his desk and opened up his makeup, he felt ridiculous. But after an hour of work, he looked good. Paul was just as passable as ever, and he still had his own long hair, which made things even easier. Paul poked his head out his door, and seeing the coast clear, scurried down the hallway and out of the side door of the dorm. He stood in front of the building and took his first selfie. Next was the student union, and then the library. He knew that April would never be satisfied with a bunch of pictures of Paul just standing in front of buildings and posing. So Paul decided to try and lay on his side on the ledge of the fountain with the library behind him. It was hard to get the angle right, and it was getting very frustrating. Suddenly he heard a familiar female voice. Are you trying to get your picture in front of the library? Would you like me to take it? asked Angela. Uh, Angela? Paul stuttered. He was startled enough that he almost fell back into the fountain. Oh, Paul! Wow! You really do clean up nice! exclaimed Angela. I can't believe it! It's so embarrassing, sighed Paul. I don't think so. I think it's great. Let me be your photographer. Thanks, but I don't know. Why are you dressed up anyway? April threatened to post all my pictures if I didn't pose for pictures all around campus. I don't really have a choice. Then trust me, said Angela. You want to look good so she doesn't flip out and punish you more. Maybe you're right. Believe me, from all you've said, April isn't somebody you want mad at you. For the next 90 minutes, the pair turned the campus into their studio, taking picture after picture. Angela had wanted to major in photography before her father talked her out of it, and she really loved taking pictures. Paul had to admit she had a good eye, and the pictures were much less likely to draw criticism from April. Angela even made it a little fun, and Paul reluctantly cooperated when she suggested poses, like having Paul touch up his lipstick on the stairs leading up to the science building. Paul confidently sent off the pictures to April, knowing that she would be quite satisfied with them. Paul appreciated the momentary respite, but he knew he was back in April's clutches. He tried to rebel, but it seemed that every single indiscretion, no matter how tiny, was discovered. When he skipped shaving his legs for two days in a row, she knew. When he took off his dress early on Saturday, so he could go out with Jeff and some male friends, she knew. 
she always seemed to be two steps ahead of him. Then it happened. Paul had never been really good at staying out of trouble for more than a few weeks at a time. And right when April most wanted a punishment to demonstrate to him her power to keep him towing the line, she found something that was just too good to pass up. Since Paul had started shaving his body hair, wearing women's underwear and dressing up entirely on the weekends, the pictures showing up randomly around campus had stopped. He was even starting to allow himself to fall for Angela. She already knew about all his skeletons deep in his closet and didn't care. She was blackmail-proof, and since Carrie and Jeff were now an item, it made it much more fun to double-date. In fact, Paul had asked her to the homecoming dance, and she had said yes. As the two couples were walking through the student center, Carrie was the first to spot it. No way! That's Paul, she shouted. What? Oh my God, it is, said Jeff. This was the area where all the candidates for homecoming king and queen had their biographies posted, along with a headshot and a full-body picture. Paul gasped as he realized the implication of what they were saying. He rushed over to the pictures, dragging Angela behind him. No, no, it can't be, cried Paul. I'm afraid it is, said Jeff. The name is Nicole Henning, but that's you, isn't it? Yeah, said Paul, crestfallen. Paul walked over to one of the tables, and seeing that the coast was clear, picked up one of the chairs. He got close to the glass case containing his pictures and biography and hurled the cafeteria chair at it. The chair bounced harmlessly away. Dude, you're going to get in trouble, and that's a plexiglass case, said Jeff. You're not going to be able to break it. You need a screwdriver to remove the case from the wall. I'm sorry, Paul, said Angela. We'll get those pictures as soon as we can. Unfortunately for Paul, there was also a web page, and for the first time ever, electronic voting. By the time he was able to get the required tools needed to open the case and find a quiet time to remove the pictures, it had been several days. April had done a truly cunning job in deciding how to present Nicole for the homecoming queen campaign. She had some great pictures of Paul in one of her sexiest dresses, a red mini-dress with a halter top that April knew would get him a lot of attention. Of course, the best pictures from the photo shoot with Angela were included as well. April found a great headshot and went to work on the essay. She knew that with the immodest dress Nicole was wearing, he'd have a hard time with the female vote. So she made sure her essay made him sound like a party girl. They needed every frat bro and jock to vote for Nicole for her to have a chance. Of course, even at a college like DuPont, there are a lot of frat bros and jocks. April knew that it was a distinct possibility that Paul could actually make the homecoming court. Preparations were put in place for Lauren to steal any announcement on the Friday before the homecoming bonfire. Unfortunately, unlike the court who received a letter, the homecoming queen received a phone call. Lauren could hear the exasperated conversation as Paul entered the dorm. He walked right past her and into his room. 
Paul quickly assessed the situation. Nicole Henning didn't actually exist, and that meant if he left campus for the weekend, it shouldn't be something that caused him long-term problems. April would probably be pissed, but it wasn't like she could make him do anything worse than being homecoming queen. Paul would leave town and get a hotel room somewhere fairly close by and stay there until homecoming was over. He opened his suitcase on the bed and started throwing stuff in his suitcase when he heard the door open behind him. He turned and was relieved to see Jeff, Angela, and Carrie there. Oh my gosh, we just heard, said Carrie. Yeah, buddy, is there anything we can do, asked Jeff. No, I just need to get out of here. I'll come back after homecoming. Are you sure about that, asked Angela. I thought we were going to homecoming together. I can't. Not as the homecoming queen, said Paul. Sorry to hear that, said Angela. Sure we can't change your mind, asked Carrie. No, I've got a split. All right, go ahead, Carrie, said Jeff, locking the door. Wait, what's going on, asked Paul. Without answering, Carrie grabbed him and easily took him down on the floor. While Angela slid down Paul's pants, Carrie took off his shirt, leaving him in just bra, panties, and hose. Carrie flipped him over onto his stomach and easily held him still while Angela took some of his pantyhose, bound him in a tight hog tie. Jeff was about to shove a pair of panties in his mouth when Paul looked up and asked, Why? Sorry, buddy. It's nothing personal, but she's had blackmail on me since junior year. Unlike you, she never used it, but after she found out we were rooming together, she put some demands on me and I couldn't exactly say no. I'm sorry this is happening to you, but you have to understand. She's destroying everything she has on me. I won't have to worry about her using it anymore, explained Jeff. Angela and I just want a sissy slave, said Carrie. Lauren told us all about you and we agreed to help in exchange for the right to have fun with you while you're away at school. We're going to have so much fun, said Angela. After all, it's not like April can really keep tabs on you at school, but we can. There was a knock on the door, and Paul began squirming. But soon Angela plopped on his back, and Carrie held her hand tightly over his mouth. Jeff opened the door, and Lauren walked in. Oh, good. You've got him all trussed up. I was worried for a second, said Lauren. Oomph, cried Paul into Carrie's hand. I'm kind of disappointed you didn't remember me, said Lauren. I had so much fun playing with you in school. And now I'm going to have so much fun in college, too. Girl, share, said Angela. She held him still while Carrie gagged him with his own panties. Are you sure he's secure? asked Lauren. Absolutely, replied Carrie. Then we should leave him some privacy, said Lauren. And with that, the four people that Paul had trusted left him hogtied on the floor, clad only in women's underwear. Where did all these girls learn to tie so well? Paul flopped around in frustration, but could do nothing to free himself. He struggled for a little over a half hour before the door opened. Standing in the doorway was none other than April Blackwell. Don't get up, she taunted. Oomph! 
Did you really think a few miles of distance would protect you from me? You are my girl, and I intend to keep you that way. I think between Lauren, Carrie, and Angela, they should have no trouble keeping you in line and in dresses for the next four years. Paul shook his head vigorously in protest, but even he doubted he could do anything about her plans. He barely even resisted as she hauled him up to a kneeling position. I really like that story. The, the humiliation is just palpable the way Jen reads it. Um, before we go, I wanted to talk a little bit about buying audios. Um, one of the sites that I've used has been I Want Clips, and they're just off the rocker. Um, so many people, myself, Mr. DJ, Shayla, their shops are still pending. And so can't upload, can't sell, can't do anything. Clips for Sale will always have all of the audios that I produce, at least until they make some changes. I have some audios. I haven't played any of them in a while. They're only available on Audible. Okay. I don't do a whole lot there because you really kind of get pennies unless somebody does the bounty program. And the bounty program is kind of complicated unless you really know what you're doing. You can be trying to give me the money for the bounty program and not succeed. Then um, the two places we are trying to grow into, we're starting an Etsy shop, uh, which is, I believe, Candy Apple Erotica. And eventually that's going to have a lot. And also on Night Flirt, Miss Candy Apple. And I will tell you, if you're looking for a bargain, I'm usually going to have the clips cheaper on Miss Candy Apple on Night Flirt. Oh, shush. There you go. Or else I'll have them on uh, a little bit cheaper on Night Flirt. And that's because I'm trying to take off both of those platforms. I'm trying to build them up. So um, just a little, you know, FYI. Thank you so much for listening in. I think this is going to be a wonderful season of the podcast. Um, definitely going to have a, a great December. And, and, and we're going to have, I think, a really good time going forward. Thanks for listening. It means a lot. I'll be back next week. I hope you will be too.